0: This is The Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Okay, I'm going to start today's show by um, <laughs> by complaining about something that as a broadcaster I should never complain about. Is it just me? I know I've mentioned this before, but is it just me or is every day like a soap opera in the NHL? Like is every day completely drama filled? Uh, are things that should just be, Ah, eh, you know what, it's just one day, just move on. Have those things now turned into something that has the most intense gravity underneath it and is pulling it down to the center of the globe? Because that's what it feels like. Like every morning I wake up and I start to make notes for the show. And a lot of it is just sort of sifting through notes that I make the night before watching hockey. And sort of piece it together and say, okay, what do I think, A, is interesting? B, what do I think people will find interesting who might listen or watch to this show? To watch this show? And what I find uh, I'm consistently coming up with is drama and soap opera and intrigue. Now, I shouldn't complain about it because as a broadcaster, as someone in media, um, you should probably want things like this to be happening on a daily basis. But, and I don't know if it's just this season or maybe it's something that I've just missed historically, but it seems like this NHL season is very much a daily soap opera. And you're going to find out exactly what I'm talking about over the next two hours here on this program. Tarek Al Bashir is going to stop by. We're going to talk about the Washington Capitals. We're going to talk about the Washington Capitals social media last night when it comes to taunting. We're going to talk about Tom Wilson. We're going to talk about Ovechkin finally scoring a goal. There's a lot of hand wringing around that, isn't there? Uh, Jason Bukla is going to stop by in hour or two as well. And we're going to do a season in review so far with Matt Marchese and Elliot Friedman is standing by. He's going to join me here as he normally kicks off each and every program. 9-3. Final score at KeyBank yesterday. You know, we were all prepared to see Sabres fans hitting the aisle after chanting for the firing of their coach. Instead, they got the opposites. They got the beating. They beat the Maple Leafs. Seven different goal scorers. And then the not-so-subtle taunting of Maple Leafs fans in the building by playing the former goal song for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the lovely Diddy by Hall and Oates. Nothing subtle about that whatsoever. But in the process, you know, Ilya Samsonov, or sorry, I shouldn't do the Russian pronunciation. Ilya Samsonov is um, very much questioning himself. This was Samsonov after last night's game. And keep in mind here, Joseph Wall is still out for a while, and Martin Jones didn't exactly come in and look like he had channeled the ghost of Jacques Plante, let's just say. Here's Samsonov after last night's game.
0: Ilya, how are you doing mentally right now? It's true. It's tough. It's tough right now. Uh, the last couple of games. It's really tough. I need to figure out everything in my head. It's the first one. It's not about technique. It's not about, you know, like, not about nothing, just in the head. This is what I'm seeing.
1: You know, a couple of interesting things there. One, you really feel for the guy, you feel for any athlete or any person who's going through that type of self-doubt, either in their profession or in their personal life. And number two, you know, I was thinking about this last night before I went to bed and then that interview with uh, the, the, uh, the, the scrum actually with Ilya Samsonov last night, you know, once upon a time, athletes wouldn't get asked about how they're dealing with things mentally. Like that was a question that you just didn't ask, right? Anything to do with mental health was just not a question that is asked at all. But now it's one that's asked on a consistent basis. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's a good thing. And I think athletes are well within the rights to say, with all due respect, I don't want to address that. That is between me and my brain but maybe that is leading to what I was talking about off the top of the show, and that is it just seems as if every single day is dramatic in the NHL, and there are so many drama-filled storylines coming out of last night specifically. uh, We'll see how many we can get to here with Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Nighting Canada. Hello, Fridge.
0: You know, it's funny you were talking about that, Jeff, just a second ago. I I was talking to someone this morning, and, and they're like, this whole year has been chaos. It just feels the whole yes. season has been chaos. So maybe you're onto something there. I don't say that often, but my, that might be the case here.
1: <laughs> it just feels that way, Ellie. You know, like last night after we did the podcast, I was going to bed and started to make notes uh, for today's radio show and Got up this morning and made some more notes, and th- I always think to myself, okay, A, what do I find interesting, and B, uh, what do I think people listening or watching the show will find interesting as well? And I, I just find that I'm, I'm coming, as I'm writing all of this out and, and making notes, I just feel like I'm writing a script for a soap opera. Like it feel, and again, like I catch myself and say, why am I complaining about this? As a broadcaster or someone in the media, you should want story threads going all the way through the season. But I don't know if it's this season. Maybe it's more of a comment on me. I don't know. But it just seems as if every day has been drama-filled, and it seems like Elliot, there are no longer any small stories in hockey. Again, not complaining, 100%. just an observation. Does it feel that way to you?
0: Yes, I, I absolutely do feel that. I think the viral nature of our world, and and you know, the other thing too is nobody control. Like the the social media is the mob, right? And nobody controls the mob like there's times you think, "Oh, this is going to be a massive story, and nobody cares and there's other times you think, "Oh, this is going to be nothing, and it's it suddenly becomes massive, and you're like what like i i don't even i didn't even think what would be that would be a thing so like that's all part of it is that you you really have no idea what's going to be big and what isn't so that's you know that adds to it, but you know, I just think it, it's been crazy this year, Jeff. Like the like the stories that have come out, and and the, and now like there's the off ice stuff, there's the on ice stuff. Like it's like the, like the, like almost the total collapse of goaltending in the National Hockey League. It's it's wild out there. Like, it really is
1: okay let's start there and uh, there's a couple of stories and I started off by playing a clip from Leah Sampson off from last night yeah. where you know he's, essentially he's talking about living in his own head uh, and how he feels that's that, that's caving in on him and A you feel for the person uh, and you feel for the athlete as well I don't think that anybody enjoys watching someone go through that let alone having a microphone stuck in front of his face and asked to be uh, and asked to address that um, but that was Sampson off last night we had Elvis Merzliken as well, commenting on the Tom Wilson situation. Then we all saw the Washington Capitals' social media with the picture of the, the whole team in yeah. the circle taunting uh, Elvis Merzlikens after the Alexander Rovechkin uh, overtime winner. Um, but let's start with Samsonov. Like, I know there are, again, no small stories in Toronto, but how big yeah. to you is the Samsonov drama right now?
0: Well, as you know, Jeff, I am not an early riser. I, I tend not to wake up early. Oh, and I, I know. When I, wo- when yeah, I woke I up today, I had a 6.30 a.m. text from a former NHL goaltender and coach who said, how could they let Samsonov talk to the media? And what I said to him was... It was, was Glenn well, No, it was not. That's a good guess, I have to say. But oh. no, it was not Glenn Hanlon. All right, thanks. Um Oh. but uh and I said well you know what happened was last week they they had that game against um Columbus and he didn't talk post game and they got roasted so you're kind of damned yeah. if you do and damned if you don't like if if Samsonov doesn't talk you get roasted and if Samsonov does talk mm. you you get roasted like I mean what are you going to do so you know, it's there's you know the 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 thing that is being compared to a lot today is Jack Campbell. Like it's it's very Jack Campbell. It's it's uh, throw yourself on the sword, accept the responsibility, but do it in a way that makes people who are legitimately concerned about your well being cringe while they watch it. Now, Nick was very yeah. forceful last night in his opinion that he shouldn't play for them again, and um, you know, like I have no problem with the opinion. Uh, but my issue is, is that practical? And first of all, you can't send them down right now. I forgot uh, about mentioning that last night. It's it's the holiday, it's the Christmas holiday trade freeze. Yeah. But all, uh, also, yeah. I just don't know if they have any other options now. You know, uh, Edmonton put Campbell in the minors, and but at least they had Pickard, who's given them like some some starts. He's, Pickard has bought them some yep. time, winning three out of four games. Carolina is really the one. Um, you know they've called up Yanov Peretz, who, um, you know, he's um, he's young, he's green. He won an NCAA championship last year. It's it's a ballsy, risky move. I think if Wool was here, Toronto would do it. But their only other option is Hildeby, who's looked really good in the yeah. American Hockey League. But I think he's got, what, like 12 games in North America? Like, are you really – is that really a smart move? So I I did – like, I don't disagree with Nick about that Samsonov might be coming to the end here in Toronto. I just don't know if it's Mm -hmm. now. I just think you have to work with them and get through it. Unless you're going to trade for someone else, you have to get through it until Walt comes back.
1: You know, there's um, uh, just a quick aside about Dennis Hildeby. People that I've talked to about him, like people in the goalie community, people that work with, with NHL teams, like they'll tell you, like he, looks, like, he looks like he could be the real deal in the NHL, but just not now. I mean, Elliot, yeah. you know how the goalie graveyard is littered with goaltenders that were rushed to the NHL. Um, and again, I never make up my mind about a goaltender until I see, you know, 100 pro games. Um, and generally, I think what we're coming around to now is you might want to leave him in the American Hockey League for 100 games until you start to bring him up. But that's a that's a discussion for another conversation. Okay, let me get to another goaltending issue. It seems like you're right. Like, we're talking about goaltending on a daily basis. But, you know, this this head has reared itself again. And it's reared itself once again in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and I really, I, 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 keep going back and forth on: is it the goaltending issue, or is it the blue line in front of the mm-hmm. goaltenders? And I've come to the conclusion, after observing now for four months or three months, or however long it's been, that it's both. That yeah. unless you're going to have, like, if 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 you have an elite goaltender, then you can afford to lose veteran defensemen. Dougie Hamilton. Yep. Injured. Ryan Graves no longer there. Damon Severson no longer there. There's a lot yep. of new faces on that blue line. Luke Hughes is gonna be a really good defenseman somewhere down the road in the NHL. You may make, make the argument he might already be there. Um, yep. Simon Nemich is gonna be that guy. Kevin Ball as well. Like they've replaced a lot of veteran blue liners on that team with a lot of younger players, and yep. the goaltending's not great. But all anyone wants to talk about is Lindy Ruff. How do you see yep. New Jersey?
0: Well, I I I think too, Jeff. Like like another, um, like another guy there that someone was mentioning to our pod this morning, and they said that one of the other things that unfortunately has hurt them is that Siegenthaler's really struggled because that was a guy that yeah. they looked like they they thought they really hit a home run on, and they did, and they extended him, and he's he's had a rough year. So that's been another issue that they've that they've had to deal with. Um, like, you know, like, we, we've we talked about the bumps. You know, Edmonton got the new coach bump. Minnesota got the new coach bump. Yeah. St. Louis has won three out of four. Um, but Ottawa, like, Ottawa's now under Jacques Martin, who's a great technical coach. They've blown two third-period leads, and they've lost two games in a row. And, like, I wonder if if New Jersey is as much a... As you said, uh, like a structural or like just an inexperience issue, a struggling issue as opposed to a coaching issue. Like I think if you if you make Mm -hmm. the coaching change there without doing what you need to do roster wise, are you really solving your problem?
1: Okay, one other goalie issue here before we get to other things around the NHL yesterday. What did you make of the Elvis Merzlikens-Tom Wilson incident? Now, Merzlikens maintains, quote, he was going for my knee. He was trying to hurt me. Um, That was a pretty emotional game. Alex Ovechkin as well finally scores goal number six of the season. So the 14-game goalless drought is over uh for Ovechkin um but at the same time here the big story coming out of this one is the goalie versus Tom Wilson how did you see it
0: well you know Jeff a couple of years ago like we were the people that really started taunting on social the Kings did it um Vegas the, the Vegas, Vegas right the Hurricanes <laughs> did it like that mm-hmm. i have to say Like I remember the Kings when they beat the Canucks. I think in 2012, didn't they say "You're welcome, Canada" or something like that? You're
1: welcome, Canada. (laughs) It's funny too because I've always wanted to do like a Twitter Hall of Fame for hockey Twitter, and "You're welcome, Canada" would definitely be on that list.
0: (laughs) I remember when they tweeted that. I was like, "Holy smokes!" Um, (laughs) But like that that one last night with the photo. That was about as big a social media. Uh, a, a bomb, as we've seen in the NHL, like that picture. Yeah. Like when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like that was.
1: Yeah. That
0: was like that was personal. That was that was really something. Um. Look, you know what? You know what I thought was really interesting was like. You know, I don't know. Like, I have to tell you, if Merzlikens really felt that Wilson was trying to injure him. Uh, you know, then, like, I always try to put myself in someone's shoes. If if Merzlikens really felt that way, then I understand how he responded. Yeah. I thought, I just thought the interesting thing was what Pascal Vincent said. Pascal Vincent just didn't sound like he was really buying what Merzlikens was selling, and he didn't sound yeah. very happy about it. So that's, so now, like, they're on tomorrow night with us. It's Columbus-Toronto on hockey night. Like it's, it's been kind of weird lately, like um, Merzlikens was scratched um, two games ago, he didn't dress, they dressed uh, Tarasov and, and Martin, and then on Tuesday night, the big one in Buffalo, he was the backup and he played last night, mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow, so that'll probably tell us where this is going.
1: The uh, the other bit of trolling yesterday, I mentioned this off the top and we talked about it on the podcast and it sort of, you know, dawned on me who it was directed at now, um, was the Buffalo Sabres and playing, you know, late in the game, the leaks are getting blown out and they play the old hollow notes goal song. Uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, which, the more that I think about it, was probably directed at Maple Leafs fans who had the nerve to buy tickets uh, for a Buffalo-Toronto game at Key Bank. Interesting way to treat people who buy tickets to come come watch you, Elliot. Well, you
0: know, we're not only going to troll you with the goal song, we're going to troll you with the goal song that everybody hates at the end of a 9-3 game. Holy smokes. That was... (laughs) I mean, like, and I'm still yeah. like, you're like, that's not subtle. I, it's subtle. Like it was.
1: It's not. That, it's not.
0: Oh, okay. I'm not even arguing this with you, but I, I just, I, like, <laughs> I have to, like, you know, we talked, we talked in the in the pod today about how like Colorado's situation is very NBA. I I wonder if we're really yeah. starting to see the NBAing of the NHL. Like this, the league is just saying. You know what? We've been too, you know, we've been too careful, uh, too afraid of controversy. Like we're leading in now. We're we're going for it. We're in. And uh, every time I see things like this, I, I start to say, you well, know, maybe we're headed into the remember the WWE attitude era era. Now or maybe we're into the NHL <laughs> attitude era.
1: We might be, um, and again, I should stop complaining about it. As someone yeah. who you know uh, does a two-hour show every day and co-hosts a podcast twice a week with you, we should uh, we should welcome this type of behavior. Thank you very much. If we if we have time, I do mm-hmm. want to get to Colorado. That's a huge night for Nathan McKinnon, big night for Miko yep. Rantanen as well. Um, but I want to ask you about the Calgary Flames. So they beat the Ducks yep. yesterday for nothing. Uh, awful yep. moment with Mackenzie Weegar falling on Leo Carlson's leg. You cross your fingers and you hope that, uh, that he's okay. Today. Twenty-five saves on. shut. up. Carlson, yeah, MRI we'll, we'll, uh, we'll stand by for that. Um, Jacob Markstrom, 25 save shutouts, um, picks up career win 200. So uh, he's come back off the fractured finger very well. Thank you very much. But uh, Elias Lindholm with three points in that game as well. Um, but that now marks 10 games, zero points. Jonathan Huberto who's in the first year of the eight-year, $84 million deal. I don't want to pile on Jonathan Huberto. There's enough, I'm sure, in the local market about people piling on Jonathan Huberto. But this is this is more than just a small problem with the Calgary Flames. Um, and, you know, they have to you know, almost continue to double down just to try to to try to make this work, all the while making decisions on Lindholm and Hannafin and Tanev, et cetera, et cetera. Um, thoughts on that game last night and thoughts on the Calgary Flames and this Jonathan Huberto contract. It's like 0 for December for Huberto.
0: Well, first of all, like, it's, like you said, uh, all the best to Carlson. Like, there's an MRI this morning, I believe, in, in California to determine what happened here. Um, and you know, I just hope it's not as bad as it looked. Um, second, like I'm I actually kind of impressed with Calgary. Considering all of everything that's kind of going on around them, Um, they play really hard. Um, you know, their, their points percentage is 500, which won't get them into the playoffs, but they're, they're kind of around there. They're, they're definitely battling. Like, it's a team that's, they've shown a lot of, like, if I was Darren Pang, I would call it gumption, considering everything that's kind of flying around them. It would be easy for them to fall apart, and they sure haven't done that. Um, yeah. Well, the, like, I do think that, um, I do think that Lindholm and and Hannafin and Tanev will be traded at some point. Um, you know, we'll see where that all goes. But you know, Huberto, like, like to me, like the Huberto thing is almost similar to what we've talked about with the Samsonov. You know, Samsonov doesn't have a long-term contract, so it's you 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 can move on if you want. But the thing with with Huberto is. Like, but the thing I said, with, and Sam's not last night is you have to work with it. And you have to say, okay, well, you're going out in the ice and we're going to work on your game. Yeah. And we're going to try to put you back together. And that's all you can do with Hubert too. Like you, you're not buying them out. You're not, you're not able to trade it unless it comes at an enormous cost. Yeah. And then, so like you have no other option, but to a appeal to the player's pride. Like the player has to be a partner in it too. And, from everything that Hubert was saying, it sounds like he's trying to be. Um, but all you can do is work with him and say, and find either players he can play with or, um, a, a, you know, just keep working on everything you can do. Just try to put him in position to succeed. And I realize this, what I'm saying here sounds really hollow because I don't think anybody has answers. Like, it's not like the Calgary Flames, like anything I'm saying here. No. Is a, is a secret to the Calgary Flames. Oh, we've got to find a guy yeah. that we don't complain with. Why didn't we think of that twenty games ago? <laughs> like that that's that's not a, a yeah. secret to them. I don't have a lot of good answers, but you know, you, you can't just give up. You have to find a way.
1: Uh do you have any good answers about the Colorado Avalanche? Uh, listen, Nathan McKinnon last night was, okay everybody, hop on my back, we're gonna win this game. And four-goal performance. I was stunned to find out that's the first four-goal game of any Colorado Avalanche player. That that's never happened in, in Avalanche history. I was stunned I uh, to hear that one. But nonetheless, there it was. Um, you know, And this is the game after Devon Taves with one of the more, I guess, unique, criticisms of of teammates where he just didn't say like, hey, we all need to play better. He said some guys think they're playing a lot better than they actually are, which is a very, very fine-tuned shot uh, at a lot of players who know who they are, we suspect, and are not going to tell Anybody, like if you want a white whale, Elliot, try to figure out who Devontaeves uh, was was talking about. Good luck. Uh, your thoughts on the abs and what they may have up their sleeve as well. I mean, you've written, we've talked uh, about the Colorado Avalanche and, and still with one at least one more big move to make. Your thoughts on the abs in general?
0: Well, I, I did try to find out who he was talking about, but the the Omerita kicked in, uh, Jeff. People, <laughs> people, people weren't giving oh, yeah. it up. Um, I think everybody has their theories, but, um, you know, the, yeah. the, the the Omerita definitely kicked in. Um, like, like, put it this way, uh, like, I, I do think they're looking to add, um, you know, at some point in time, hopefully Gerard comes back, so they have to make room for that. Um, but uh, they're, they're tight to the cap. All one manager told me was, Colorado has let people know that um like the, the teams know who their targets are and the, the guy in Calgary is definitely one of them. But they're yeah. really not in a position where they can do a lot now. They're probably gonna need to wait until um there's there's more cap room available or, or like less cap on someone's hit uh less cap hit on someone they're trying to trade for. But what Colorado has definitely mm-hmm. let teams know is whoever their targets are they're like, if you're at a point where you're ready to make a move, please let us know. Or you have to let us know if uh, we have to get our best offer in. Like we need to know. Like that's what happened with Zadorov. Right. Vancouver made that Bouvier deal. They came to Calgary. They said we can do this now. Calgary let teams know that we're in on Zadorov. We have an offer. If you're if you want in, you have to do it now. And Nobody yep. can beat what Calgary what Vancouver can do. So I would suspect that Colorado's kind of in the same boat. They're going to add. It's just a question of when. They know they're a bit too top heavy.
1: Uh, one player that we know Devon Taves was not talking about is Nathan McKinnon, uh, who's having an outstanding it would be, season. It would be I mentioned funny the four goals off was. the top. <laughs> yeah, 29, you're not as good as you think you are. Second yes. in league scoring, you, scoring four goals last good. night. Yeah. you points
0: in 18 <laughs> games in a row. You're an MVP candidate. Yeah. You're overrated.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Devon Taves. I was top 10 in Norris balloting last <laughs> year, so take that guy. You think you're something special. Uh, McKinnon's having an all-world season. Like, he's having a, here we go, heart trophy type season, Elliot. Oh, yeah.
0: It would be pretty interesting if, if Sid and uh, if Crosby and McKinnon were nominated for the Hard against each other, eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but or maybe ended up playing with each other one day, eh?
0: Yeah, that's that's also true. You know, I, I think this about McKinnon, um, it, it, it's going to seem weird if he retires and never wins the Hard trophy. Like, it, it is. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is his year. Yeah. He's had situations in the past where he's been close. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of huge McKinnon fans out there. Um, he, he's playing great. Like, he he really is. And, you know, the thing, too, about McKinnon is um, he does not tolerate anything less than all out. And, uh, like, he sets a tone. Like, you know, like last week on hockey night, there were the five guys from Nova Scotia who played in the uh, early game: Crosby, McKinnon, yeah. R- R- Ryan Graves, and the Baron brothers. And Graves was really good talking about McKinnon, like the, the skates that uh, young. Like when you're a pro, they make room for you. Like they say, okay, come, basically come join our skates, and it's it's very inclusive. And everybody looks up to Crosby. Um, And, but McKinnon is the real driver, right? Like, you know, I've talked, like, I I remember talking to a former Avalanche player once about, about like what it's like to play with McKinnon. And he kind of laughed and he said, the good news is he's always on, which is why he's good and they're Mm -hmm. good. The bad news is he's always on. And if you have a bad day, <laughs> like, you know, like you're, you're yeah. going to hear about it. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Like, I know you're a big Landis God guy. Like, one of the reasons I was kind of thinking about, like, with all the Colorado stuff this year, it's kind of funny uh, in some ways. Like, you wonder, would the temperature be dialed down a bit more if Landis God was, was there? Like, he's back, but he's not playing. I, yeah. I wonder if the temperature would be dialed down if he was in the lineup.
1: It's funny, too, because I always looked at Landeskog as, well, one, super intense player, awesome player. Like I, I've mentioned before, like when he's healthy and he's in the league, like he's my favorite player in the NHL. It's been really tough um, watching Avalanche games and, and not seeing Gabriel Landeskog. But I've always got this sense that he kind of exists as an assistant coach. Like, he's the one that sort of massages the message, uh, whether it's, well, you know, what the, what the coach is trying to say is, and maybe along with Nathan McKinnon as well, what Nate's trying to get at is, like, he almost seems like the lawyer that approaches, that approaches a judge and says, well, Your Honor, what my client is trying to say is, he's always struck me as that guy on the team, Fridge. One of
0: the best books I ever read was, uh, a Season on the Brink, about Bob Knight, the Indiana basketball coach. It was, yep. it was, it was a seminal book in, in sports coverage. And there's a line in there, and it came out when I was about 19, and uh, when there was a line in there about him, and uh, 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 one of the assistant coaches was telling a player how to deal with Knight, and he said, when Bob Knight tells you you're a bleep, don't listen. When Bob, uh, Bob Knight tells you why you're a bleep, that's when you listen, mm. and I, I think that I, I think that that's probably similar in this case.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Listen, uh, on on that we'll wrap up. Uh, very much looking forward to Hockey Night in Canada again tomorrow, uh, and the second emission Saturday headlines. Always great, grist for the Mill. There, uh, you have yourself a great weekend. Happy holidays. Best to you and your family. We will talk next week, Elliot. You be well. Well, we won't.
0: I, I hear you're off next week.
1: Uh, yes, we'll be talking on the podcast, Elliot, next Thursday. Oh, you get to escape from right. me for almost a full week, Bud.
0: Well, first of all, Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday and Happy New Year to all the great Jeff Merrick listeners, both of them. I hope I hope you have that. Well, uh...
1: <laughs> one, one of them's just, one of them's just someone that fell asleep in front of the television from last night and still hasn't woken up on Sportsnet <laughs> three hundred and sixty. Right. Uh, thanks, Bud. We'll uh, we'll all talk right. to you next week. Have a great holiday with your family, okay. Elliot Friedman from. Uh, thank you, thanks, Bud. You too. You be well. Uh, best to you and your family, Elliot Friedman from Thirty Two Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.